So I think it's my turn to do the synopsis. Um, excuse me, wait till, you know, we're on air. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But we never discuss we never discuss whose turn it was. I know, usually we ask each other on air, but that's okay. Oh, let's do that then. Okay. <laughs> okay, ready guys? Action Is film like milk? Yes. It's got culture in it. And it's mm. damn that chat. <laughs> Whole milk. Skim milk. Medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? You milk me? <laughs> Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about films that have gone bad over time in the mind fridge of your mind. I am one of your hosts, Paris Herbert Taylor, and with me, for some reason, as always, is David. Hello. Right next to you, right behind you. What's happening? <laughs> David William Rogers. From my home to yours. Into your ears. And <laughs> we're pretty excited because we have an amazing guest today, but he is tuning in from the other side of the world we have garen chu hello, hello. good morning from the future <laughs> morning <laughs> from the future garen and i know each other from high school which is crazy um but he is still in hong kong he's a stand-up comedian he's based in hong kong he was featured in comedy central stand-up asia season two and has been making people laugh around the world i think uh 37 cities and 18 yeah. countries um Damn. You're, yeah, he also has great eyebrows. He did want yes. me to mention oh, that. Yeah. It's Those a good. Au- audio medium, but we can appreciate them. So, David, uh, yeah. it is your turn to do the synopsis, I believe. So mm-hmm. let's do that. All right. Gather around, children. Sit by the fire. Let's talk. Okay, <laughs> Space Jam, 1996. All right. So you got these, these guys... This, this horrible boss living on Moron Mountain, right? And it's like a great America-type, fun adventure place where kids just aren't having it anymore. You know, he's watching, the, the main boss is watching, and this kid's is like, this place is whack. Dad, don't bring me in here anymore. So he talks to his little minions like, hey, we need to figure this thing out. Times are changing. We got to change with the times. Clicks on, you know, the falls on a remote, sees the Looney Tunes, sends his people out, says, go get me those Looney Tunes. They shoot down to Toontown, right? They're all minding their own business. And they said, listen, guys, you guys are coming with us, right? We're going to reenact a little, some, some tune slavery. You guys are going <laughs> to come to our planet and we're going to make some money off you. So the way Bugs Bunny's like, hold on, player. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a little bit of basketball and we're going to see what's happening. So these little these little tune guys from Moron Mountain go and steal like Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Larry Johnson, Muggsy Bogues, uh, steals their talent. Um, Bradley doesn't really have any talent, so he didn't he didn't really he didn't really get his taken. Um, and then they show up at the park, right? And they're like, "Hey, it's our turn to get some run." So they they take the uh, talent from the from the NBA players. They grow huge. And there's a dilemma, right? The tunes are scared. So they got to go get MJ, Michael Jordan, his airness to come help them out. A lot of fun happens. There's a basketball game. You know, who's doing what? Who's going to win? And, uh, you know, it has a, has a pretty good ending. And, and let's get into it. I think that's a great synopsis. That's a really good synopsis. Thank you so much for that. You said a lot of names that I don't know, and we're going to get into it because you guys are going to geek out about basketball stuff. But before we do get into that, and that was a great synopsis, David, I actually secretly messaged 
Garen before we got together because you know how I've been loving this like trivia situation? Mm, mm. Well, Garen is going to quiz you, David, on some Cantonese swear words, <laughs> okay? So he's going to he's going to okay. say the swear word in Cantonese and you are going to guess what that swear word means. All right. I'm- I'm going to throw it out first. You try to guess it. And if you can't, which will probably be the case, uh, we might give you some options. Um, So the first one, none of them will be like menu items or anything. You know, (laughs) listen, (laughs) David, listen to me. I think you can do it because of the emotion behind the word. You know, like if someone said like a nasty thing to you in gibberish, you'd kind of get what they were saying. I feel like, okay, Yaren, take us, take it away. Okay. The first one, probably the most popular one in Hong Kong, I'll do it one more time. Is that like asshole? Moron? Close. It's more, it's, it's more of an action. Suck my dick? <laughs> this is a kid's movie, Garen. We're, we're going to have to, we're gonna have to put an put a 18 warning on uh, the Space Jam podcast. Yeah, 18 plus. Uh, well, no. you said something, something, my something. Yeah. Hint. Say it one more time, Garrett, and then say it in English. Kiss my ass. It is fuck your mother. Oh, see, I was, okay. It is, it is Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is Mother's that's, Day. That's spot on. Very yeah, appropriate. Yeah. Do lomo. Yeah. When you say do, like, that's just a, a very common. It's like fuck. Yeah. yeah. It's do very le, common. Do lomo. Yeah. Although you kind of made it sound Italian. That was, that was. Yeah, I'm watching the show Gamora on HBO Max. Oh, it's incredible. That, that's it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pasta it. dish that David orders all the time. <laughs> you just said. Uh, uh, okay, Garen, what's the next one? Uh, the other one's probably the most fun to say. Uh, Pok guy. Pok guy. Yes. Um, this one's more, this really is, this is more of a curse. Uh, <laughs> like somebody dies? Yeah, it's. I hope you trip and die. Hope you trip. It's it's very specific. It's die. very common. Yeah. It's fun to say because like one, you use it as a curse, but two, anytime anybody trips over, you're like, ah, poor guy, you know. Do one more. Um, this one, I don't even know if Paris knows. It's it's a little more obscure, but it's uh, probably the most uh, popular in Hong Kong in terms of like how heightened it is. Hum uh, Maybe it's like I hope you choke, or something like that. Because a, go, lot of, a lot of Cantonese conversations is about, like, food. It's always like, you know, did you eat and stuff like that. It's a very food-based <laughs> language. Um, I'm no, going to say go fuck yourself. Go fu- it's, it's close. Hamgatan uh, is fuck you and your entire family. Oh, <laughs> oh so wow. There you go. That's there you aggressive. Go. Wow. It is aggressive. It is so aggressive. you don't... Is that one like when you really mean it? It's not yeah. like something you say oh, to like yeah. one of your buddies. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. th- so like uh. theoretically, it's not even all your family. It's like fuck you, your family, and all the previous generations and future generations. Yeah. it's pretty hard. Yeah. Your, like your, your ancestors, ancestors. Yeah. your yeah. ancestors, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. like everyone of all time. And I want to, I want before we jump into the movie as well. I do want to talk a little bit about like your comedy career in oh. Hong Kong yeah. and like how how you got started and like how it's been and you know especially it's interesting to talk to people in different parts of the world that have been going through corona so how did you get started in comedy tell us so um actually i was living in la for a little bit and i was doing i was doing a lot of like uh public speaking stuff um there was it's they call it company consulting but what it really means is we were just teaching like ceos and executives how to talk in front of people and at the time, my roommate was writing for uh, Tosh.0. Is that still on? Is that still a thing? Okay. Yeah, he was writing for Tosh.0. And every now and then, I'd help him write jokes. And he'd be like, oh, you, you do public speaking. You write jokes. You should probably try stand-up. And I was like, wait a second. 
I, like, I didn't even know open mics were a thing. I just thought some people were comedians and there was everybody else. I didn't even know. It was like, oh, you can become a stand-up comedian. And then um, I came back to Hong Kong. So this would have been 2011, 2012. Walking by Lan Kwai, which is our street with all the bars. And I just see the sign. It's like, oh, open mic. And I, I went downstairs to watch. And I was like, oh, I can come back next week. And I had a lot of things written already. And uh, yeah, kind of got addicted to it. So that's been eight, nine years now. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and you've had like, yeah, I've seen you on like a bunch. Of, I mean, Gar and I are friends on social media, but to be honest, like this is our first time sitting down talking in quite a few years. Yeah, I haven't yeah, yeah. been back to Hong Kong for a minute, but I see from social media that you're just like crushing it. Like, I mean, are you head? It seems like you're kind of headlining some shows and stuff now. Yes. So, I mean, the cool thing about Asia really is like there are a lot less gatekeepers. Comedy hasn't been around in Asia for that long. It's probably been around for like 15 years, stamp comedy. So you don't have like, hey, I'm the booker of this club, so you have to get through to me before you get to this, before you get, it's like fighting levels in a video game. It's more just like, hey, uh, <laughs> let's find a venue and do shit, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. there, there was a club in Hong Kong, um, Takeout Comedy, which is my home club, but when it started doing less shows during the protests in 2019, we're just like, dude, we're fucking good comics now. Let's like find venues and keep doing shows. And the, the other cool thing is uh, it's the same mentality like that in Hong Kong, as it is in Shanghai, as it is in Singapore, as it is in Kuala Lumpur. So all the Asian scenes are really tight together. So once awesome. you get to the level that you can headline, we all like rotate each other. It's like, all right, the guy from Manila, Philippines has come here. I'm going to Shanghai. The Shanghai guy's going to Tokyo, you know, that kind of thing. So um, it kind of makes it really cool. And also like people forget Asia, like all of Asia is probably, you know, just in terms of travel where you want to go like kind of similar to the u.s like you can do hour two-hour flights and go to like 20 different countries you know so that yeah. kind That's of cool. helps a lot as well so yeah. it makes it like a lot more accessible it would be like going on a road trip to like do a show in arizona you could mm. be in manila i think that's awesome yeah i mean listen i grew up in hong kong i saw not a lot of comedy growing up but i saw a lot of theater and stuff like yes. that and i think hong kong specifically I, I mean, I didn't grow up in, I, I lived in Kuala Lumpur when I was very small, but like Hong Kong is kind of this interesting gateway to the Western world as well as Asia. It's kind of straddling this line because there are a lot of people who speak English in Hong Kong. There are a lot of Westerners that live out there that maybe they were comics, you know, back in the UK or the yeah. US and their partners, their partners have moved with them to Asia and now they're just like, how do I keep doing my thing? Yeah. So, I mean, it happens a lot in like the Southeast Asian scenes as well. So like um, I went to Ho Chi Minh like a few years ago. The scene was like very nascent. It was like open mic level, do some stuff at bars. And then I went two years later and it was just like a couple who, one was a stand-up comic, one was an improv comic. They're both from Canada. And they just moved to Vietnam mm -hmm. for work and just like, hey, do you guys want to learn some stuff? Started and like built up, Yeah, built up a nice scene. It's like, that, that's kind of the cool thing about that's Asia. Cool. Like if you want to, if you want to do something, you can, kind of do it there's nobody stopping you just start it out and build minus like you know certain places in you know, china or thailand <laughs> i was gonna say yeah. I was, well that was gonna yeah. be my question is like you know i mean we talk about it in the u.s because like i'm kind of pursuing like the comedy writing thing and it's like comedy can be tricky because it can be very regional yeah so there's certain shows that have really like broken through Excuse me while I burp on my alcoholic kombucha. <laughs> um, so there's like, you know, like Schitt's Creek is universally yeah. loved at this point. Yeah. Um, but 
a lot of comedy is like very regional and it's very like you know american comics like i remember going to the laugh factory when i first moved to la and just like not understanding like a lot of these very american jokes it's like you know when you go to a college football game and i'm like no i don't because i've never <laughs> been to one and i have no idea what you're talking about i feel like there is certain jokes yeah. where you can laugh about something and find like that cultural touchstone so i'm curious like do you think that there's uh, like any kind of difference when you're traveling around to these different countries, comedy-wise? Um, definitely. So there's, one, there's a difference in comedy styles, too. So I just remember um, we did the show in the Philippines, and the Philippines, uh, they're generally, like, very high-energy, kind of slapsticky. and we had a guy, Andrew Newman, with us, who's one of those, like, deadpan one-liner comics. And he does his set, he only had seven minutes, <laughs> um, crushes, and they were just blown like they've never seen someone do that before. <laughs> it's like, oh, you can just be deadpan and tell short jokes. It's like, this is crazy. Um, and, and similar in, in Japan, like Japan, they have such like a game show culture that just one person standing on stage by themselves talking is like completely new to them. They're like, well, wait, you don't no fireworks, no crazy things. Yeah, going you're not on. sliming somebody yeah, or yeah, dropping yeah, someone exactly. in a vat of scorpions. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of That's... subject matter, though, it's always like, it's the same stuff for everywhere in the world. It's like family, relationships, you know, making fun of white people, which you can do anywhere. <laughs> hey, it's yeah. me, the token white girl. Um, do you perform mainly in English then? Like, yeah. is that, yeah, yeah, yeah. or do you? Yeah, yeah. English. I, yeah. I don't, it's weird no. in Cantonese. So like, I don't I mean, you know this, like Cantonese is such a fast language that yeah. you need way it's more. It's like a shorthand oh, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. You need way more material. Like I don't do Cantonese often. And when I do, I'll be like, all right, I have my English set in my head, and I'll just convert it to Cantonese on the fly. And so I was asked to do 10 minutes. I did a regular 10-minute set. I got off stage. They're like, you were on stage for four minutes. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> Cantonese is just a faster language. I'd like to see the Cantonese uh, deadpan comic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I bet it's uh, fucking last funny. like a minute and yeah. a half. Yeah. The other cultural thing, especially East Asia, so uh, really Chinese crowds, Japanese crowds, Korean crowds, they're very... They want to be polite, and they think laughing out loud is rude. So at comedy shows, <laughs> when something's really funny, they won't necessarily laugh out loud. They'll all start clapping, but without any oh laughter. God. And you're like, this is very weird. It's making me feel like a circus monkey. <laughs> <laughs> That's very interesting. Yeah. Well, I can't wait till you come back to the States yeah. when we can travel and stuff, and you can come come do some shows in yeah. the U.S. I mean, you went to you went to uni in Boston, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, did you? But you didn't do stand up back then, obviously. No, like but I, I did. I went back to actually right before, like a few months before COVID. I was in New York and Boston and Austin, and I was doing shows there. And I was upset because I was like, nice. "Oh, this is like I was finally passing at the big clubs." So I was doing like New York Comedy Club. I was doing the Stand, um, and then I was like, "Sweet, I'll be back in a few months." And then I uh, haven't been anywhere in a year and a half. So yeah. <laughs> And how's the how's the COVID vaccine rollout in Hong Kong? The COVID situation, so the vaccine rollout is not as fast as we'd like, but it's also because we have no COVID. So people aren't, no, nobody's incentivized to get a vaccine. They're like, eh, how many cases do we have yesterday? Two in a city of seven millions. Like, I'll wait next month to get the vaccine. Um, the good thing right. is we're pretty, like life has been kind of back to normal for two months now. I mean, they have like a lot of wow. weird, intricate rules like, Bars have to close at 12 unless everyone in the bar is vaccinated. Then it can open till 2 a.m. And last, last night, I, we literally had cops come in 
like check like we have an app to show if we're vaccinated or not and they're just like checking every single one i'm like this is ridiculous just you know arbitrary yeah, yeah that's weird the extra yeah. two hours isn't going to do anything uh the good thing though is it means comedy's back and we've been um selling out a lot of shows oh, because for some reason um and this is a very hong kong uh footloose governor thing um hong kong <laughs> hong kong the one thing they still don't don't allow is dancing they're like you're not allowed to dance. No clubs. What the fuck? Uh, no, no DJs and no bands because bands might cause people to dance. And this oh, was God. you wouldn't want that. Well, this is literally because like we had our fourth wave started from a dance cluster. It's like there were people dancing together and it like spread a lot of COVID. But the dance cluster was like, it's like old people doing salsa classes. So right. sorry, I just have to open my booty sweat that I got back in Da Nang, which is probably somewhere that Garen's been recently, more recently than us. Uh, so I want to. Um, but no, we're so, we're, I mean, you're our second comedian in a row, actually, Garen. Oh, sweet. So we're big comedian fans over here on the Age Like Milk podcast. And hopefully David and I can come out to Asia and catch a show sometime. Hell or hopefully. Yes. clap for you. And clap. Clap. <laughs> clap at all your jokes. So funny. Um, but no, hopefully you can come out to the US because I think, you know, I also think there's going to be a lot of good material after COVID. Like all the comics from different part of the world can be like, yeah, no. So anyway, no, a lot of a lot of what we're doing is just like it's COVID bits and also how, like, hey, we did much better than the rest of the world. The rest of the world is <laughs> third world country now. No, we're we're on track now. David and I are both fully vaccinated, but nice. we're it's been it's been a journey, hasn't it, David? They still won't let me dance. Yeah, they still won't. <laughs> I just want to dance. Uh, they won't let me. Speaking of another kind of dancing, back to this movie, which Hell is yeah. dancing with your feet and great uh, transition. Playing. Thank you so much. I've been working on my transition. Basketball is yeah. the central theme of this film. Would you guys agree? Uh, yeah, it's based around the basketball <laughs> between, <laughs> between <laughs> aliens, cartoons, and a couple humans. And just yeah. It yeah. also centered around a basketball player who was like, oh, you know, he was okay. He was okay. Yeah, he's pretty decent. He's pretty decent. Yeah. You might have heard of him. He wasn't playing basketball at the time. <laughs> he seemed but. fine. Yeah, he was playing baseball, which I do want to talk about. But let's talk about when it came out. So this movie came out in 1996. Yes? Yeah. And the reason David and I chose it for our 25th movie is because it's it came out 25 years ago and the second one is coming out in July of this year, which is crazy and exciting. But when I was reading about this film, I don't know if you guys know a lot about this, but this movie was inspired by a set of Nike ads that Michael Jordan made and Bugs Bunny was in the ads. And then some TV executive somewhere was like, you know what we should fucking do is make a movie about this. It was, uh, no, it was his agent. It was agent. his agent, it was yeah. Mike's, oh. It was Michael Jordan's agent took it to uh, uh, Warner Brothers. And there's two of them. And <laughs> was like, <laughs> was like, hey, you know, what do you guys think about this? Like, uh, do like a feature film. And yeah, I mean. They were like, let's do it. MJ was the biggest star on the planet yep. for probably like a decade, right? Yep. Uh, maybe longer. Uh, so, yeah. So a little like, thing that everybody should know about you two is that you're both basketball heads. Yes. yes. Garen, I know you're a Celtics fan. Are you still a Celtics fan? I am still a Celtics fan. And I believe they okay. actually just got their ass kicked by a very shitty oh. Chicago Bulls team right before I started this well, podcast. Yeah. That's very relevant because Michael Jordan. Tatum's balling, though. Tatum's balling. So. I love Tatum. You guys got a you guys got a good young team. Yeah. David, who's your team? Ah, the Bucks, right? The Milwaukee Bucks, Ooh. baby. Right. Yeah. Nice. I'm yeah. I'm gonna say that I'm a Raptors fan just because it's the first like 
major team I was exposed to when I lived in Toronto, but like couldn't tell you who's on the team right now. I used to like when I lived in Toronto, it was a big deal. But now I just go. Yeah, I saw. I think I saw yeah, photos of you with your like We the North shirts. I'm like, oh, Paris is getting. Oh yeah, yeah. I was big. She was, in, I she still was talking also. shit. Soon as they got into the finals. Oh, when they beat the Bucks, I was like, fuck she- you. We went out to the bar, and all my Milwaukee friends, because I apparently have only Milwaukee friends in America, were like, oh, my team, and they were crying, like big tears. And I was like, listen, you got beat by the best, and you should just chill out. That's exactly how it went down, David. Okay, so this is going to be this podcast. Is you guys going to talk about basketball players, and I'm going to be like, I don't know who that is. And we want to get into the sports history and like the, the significance. But I did want to say, like in 1996, I feel like this movie was like the crossroads of everything that was so oh, yeah. 90s. Like when I wa- when I watch it now, I just get like mad nostalgia. Yeah. Like, did you guys have like pogs and stuff? I growing had pogs. Up? I had, uh, Garen, did you have like the Bugs Bunny shirts? Like, uh, oh, yeah. they had like cross color. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah, wearing yeah. like cross color stuff. Like Taz wearing his jersey backwards, like crisscross. Yep. They also had, there's like, like, like they was, I just remember there being a ton of action figures too. There's just like, yep. you, you, there's a little bunny action figure, the Bugs action figure. There was, uh, I, I just remember that time as like, there was Space Jam the movie and then Space Jam, the merch. There was just like merch oh, the everywhere. Merch. Yeah. Merchandising. Merchandising. <laughs> yeah, we did space holes. <laughs> oh, nice. We did space holes. Yeah. yeah, I actually have a MJ um, Space Jam figure, and it's still in the original packaging. No way. Nice. Well, see, so my, my mom, as soon as the Ninja Turtles came out, we all went to see it. We went to Target to get candy previously. She bought all four turtles in April O'Neil. And then she's like, this this is going to be like a monster movie. And she never opened them. So, like, I had that in my mind. And then fast forward, I got it for Christmas. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm just going to put it up, like, on my desk and just not open it. And we'll see what happens. Wow, the control the that you had as a child. It was, <laughs> no. it was immediately into I, the packaging. No, I, I only have one action figure remaining. And it's in my parents' place. But, like, I don't even know how I got it. I have the... Uh, action figure of Marvin the Martian as the referee. So I was like, I didn't even get a basketball oh, player. Awesome. I got a referee. That would be a cool one. You guys Which should I'll... seriously consider, like, I mean, not that you should sell it. You should keep your things that you want to keep. Yeah. But like, I bet those become more like well, the mine's, vintage ones become. Mine's been out of the box, so I'm not oh. uh, crushing yeah. it like David is. But still, <laughs> not virgin. I think I think unfresh. they manufactured these. Uh, like, there's probably a ton out there. Yeah. Well, that was like, all I was gonna say. Like when I yeah. watched this movie, it just it reminds me of the '90s. I mean, there's just so many elements to it that just feel so nostalgic now. Like even the color schemes. You know, yeah. like we are millennials. I actually, oh my god, I saw this article today. And it said, do you think Space Jam is a good movie? If so, you might be a millennial. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's so, so harsh. It was like on the AV Club website. Cause it's like, yeah, when I look at this, I just like all those like fluoro colors, you know, like the aliens, the color, even the colors of them, like just everything about this film was so my childhood. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I, 96. I also like when the movie, when you get the title screen, that Quad City DJ's Space Jam theme song is the most yeah. 90s song ever made. Oh, yeah. The music throughout <laughs> this is just like, just like memory, oh. memory, memory, well, yes. you know? There, there's a couple that, couple songs that probably aged. There's one song uh, yeah. that oh, aged. Yeah. Before, performed by R. Kelly. I, I think R. Kelly say. had two songs uh, on this track, it's and he, the, won a, he won a Grammy for so, one of them. So I didn't, oh, I didn't realize until I watched this, uh, I Believe I Can Fly plays three times in the movie. Is that the yeah. opening? The movie, they put yeah. it in the middle. They like end with it. And, uh, and they probably yeah. licensed it, and it was so expensive. I, and they were like, "We're gonna." Put no, the I, shit I, I'm out pretty of this sure it was made for the movie. 
And, oh shit! And, and yeah, because the whole video was about mm. like Space, Space Jam, Jam too, and, and like he had the choir and everything. And it kind of upsets yeah. me because I'm like, obviously this part didn't age, but God, that's such a good song. It's so oh, good. I, I was singing along no, we do not. Not. Second there, and I was like, wait a minute. He has aged like big time. I, do He's... not sub- do not subscribe. I, I don't yeah. accept like if we're so in Hong Kong, obviously, and Paris knows this. We're big karaoke people. Like karaoke is oh, yeah. uh, religion here, and. If Ignition comes on, I'm like, oh, I do want to sing to this, though. <laughs> you want to sing it I so do, bad? I do. Yeah, but they won't let you dance. Yeah, that's yeah. true. For your good, own <laughs> good. You have to sit in your chair. <laughs> now we can talk about how it was filmed, which is so hilarious to me. Because if you go and Google Michael Jordan uh, green screen space jam, you will see Michael Jordan surrounded by people acting like Looney Tunes in these like full-on green what are they called like morph suits um yeah they look absolutely ridiculous obviously this this movie is half live animation or not even half it's some live animation and then it's a lot of green screen uh animation yep and then they uh what they did like post-production they put everything into the computer basically and they shopped out a bunch of that like all over the world to different studios to help out like the visual effects um and uh, yeah and a lot of it was this uh it's called cinesite that the facility that specialized in you know doing like all the good sophisticated sophisticated effects and the founder ed jones actually won academy award for roger rabbit who framed roger rabbit so yeah which you know um preceded this so they had a lot of that technology and then as technology grew a little bit they just used more on the computer side but they had some you know some people from the same studio that made uh who framed roger rabbit i I know a lot of people when this came out they were like you know making fun of jordan's acting ability which is like not the best but i always felt bad because it was clear in so many scenes when i was rewatching this that jordan was not reacting to anything and the director's like Make a surprise <laughs> yeah. face, and he's like, mm. <laughs> and yeah. it, it, "It's a no, lot." There was even a couple times. There was even a couple times when he looked in the wrong direction. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? Like, give throw the man a bone. Yeah. You know. So he, uh, they got actors from Groundlings oh, cool. to be a part of this. Yeah. Um, so some had to be like on their knees, like they would all be in green screens, and MJ would just be like dribbling around them, <laughs> playing vigorously in a green in a green gym with gr- a bunch of green people. Um, it like crouched over position so he could like try to react to them a little bit. Um, what, what does that look like on your IMDb page? Like I was the green screen Bugs yeah. Bunny. <laughs> yeah, I was. Yeah, this is yeah. me. Hi, yeah. yeah. He goes home and he's like, "Mom, I had such a good day on set today." Um, yeah, I was bent over so Michael Jordan could dribble around me because I was actually like Daffy Duck. Yeah. No, I. I think it's so it, interesting. Though. I mean, yeah, we did Roger Rabbit and. That was also, you know, like involved cartoon cartoons. When you watch the trailer for the new one, it it's kind of a more of a mix of 3D animation. I'm really burping today. I apologize. Um, yeah, it's more of a mix of 3D I, and animation. I kind of don't like it. Really? I kind of don't like it. Without even seeing no, it. No, I, I watched it. No, because it just seems like I don't know if it's meant to be Looney Tunes or not, but it kind of like... The whole thing is a 3D person going into a 2D animation, and you kind of get some of that. And this yeah. looks like uh, I've, I've seen a lot of movies recently have done that. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna mix with the 3D animation, like Ready Player mm-hmm. One, and it kind of has that yeah. feel. Um, kind of okay. takes away from the oh, you have a human in a cartoon. Yeah, which I love. I love Roger Rabbit. I love the aesthetic yes. of Space Jam. It's so fun. Like as a kid, yeah. especially, you're like, whoa, this is so amazing. <laughs> yeah. How are they doing that? 
especially the world that they had. And uh, I was watching it last night and I watched it again today. And it's just how, how funny they accept the yes. world that they're in. You know, that the hilarious scene where uh, Bill Murray and Larry Bird, they're on the golf course with Wayne Knight, who plays Stan. And he hits a shot. He goes to reach his ball. He gets oh, yeah. dragged down to they uh, leave. two times. They're just like, <laughs> where did he go? But then, <laughs> but then Bill... Bill Bill Murray look, just looks at the hole, looks at Stan. He goes, yeah, "What kind of camera? Don't that? point that at me. Like, don't point yeah. that lens. Close the yeah. lens." Yeah, and then and then they just kind of walk away. Larry Bird and uh, Bill Murray and Larry's like, "You think it's okay?" He's like, "Yeah, he's yeah. fine. I think he's just trying to get away from." And Stan. then Stan's there digging into the ground, but yeah. everyone else is yeah. like, "Oh, bye." Also, there are so many like little jokes, like nods to the camera, like when Bill Murray shows up at the end and he's like, how did you get here? And he's like, oh, I'm friends with the producer. <laughs> yeah. He says that. Uh, he's, what do he say? He goes, a union yeah, member like dropped a, me off. Yeah, he just said someone dropped him off that. and it's like silly. But yeah. no, I loved the aesthetic of this and I feel like I wish there were more movies, but that's just the nostalgia in me, just wishing. Do you care that it's LeBron and they're kind of remaking? Um. Uh, Space Jam that like you grew up with and I I am not I mean obviously that? this is a thing that everybody guessed like all basketball fans they knew LeBron wanted to make a new Space Jam for the last like four or five years and uh, it, it, that was always yeah. the rumor of like why he moved to LA after uh, you know the four finals in Cleveland um, I don't mind that it's LeBron only because I've seen like LeBron's got comedy chops um, yeah. what was the, what was the yeah, yeah, train wreck. Train wreck. Like he was very good in that. Yeah. And uh, I thought if he could channel some of that and make it a, like a proper comedy, it'd be great. Uh, I'm just um, not that sold on the trailer so far. I was like, eh. I saw Don. I saw Don yeah, he's... That and it made me so happy. Yeah. I love. Is he like the bad yeah. guy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So I mean, I'm here for it, and I'm I'm gonna try to. I'm obviously oh, I'm gonna watch it, not judge it. Yeah. But I mean, my whole thing is like I'm not the biggest fan of just remaking something just yeah. to remake. But it. I don't think they. So, I don't think they're yeah, remaking. We'll, we'll I think it's a sequel. Like, I don't think they're like redoing the whole story. I think. I mean, if if they have like Danny DeVito chapter. show back up, I'm like, oh, that would be great. <laughs> Interesting part of that, they did. Somebody did try to sell like Warner Brothers a sequel with MJ, and they the guy just kept saying, no, MJ is attached. MJ is attached. So they reached out to Mel Brooks. Oh. To do the next, to be the next villain, of the uh, yeah, which that would have been interesting because yeah. he was gonna. They wanted him to be the voice for the next villain, but MJ never signed off on it, so it just uh, never happened. So the sports history. This is the part where I'm not gonna know anything. David, do you want to kick us off? You know a lot about sports. I do. So so MJ, uh, and I think this is a great part of it because so MJ retired, wins three chips with the Bulls wants to go play baseball, right? And they allude to that in the beginning of the movie. Is that movie, real? Did he really do yeah. that? Yes. Yeah. He did He did it yeah, in 94, yeah. so went, and the movie came out in 96. So they, they made that part of the movie. 96. Yeah. yeah, and they were shooting like in 95. I'm, I'm actually wearing some Ooh. some Baron Jordans right now, colorway of, of the, the the White Sox that he played for. So he, he's like retired. He's playing baseball. And what I love about this, um, they had an ESPN documentary that – uh, like the beginning 
COVID. And they talked about what Warner Brothers had to do. They had to put up a whole gym and a basketball court for him. So, like, people didn't really know that he was coming back. So he was working from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on the film. And, like, any during breaks before and after shooting, he would lift with his trainer. And then at night, he would have other NBA players come out, and they would scrimmage for a few hours. And, like, Reggie Miller said it was some of the best games he ever played because yep. there was no refs, and it was just a little more gritty. And then MJ was saying, like, he, he was going to make his comeback and return to basketball. So he was kind of like uh, scouting some of the NBA players yeah. um, and getting back in basketball like shape stealing their moves. before he jumped back in. Exactly. Yeah. So he could much he, he like could get back the in shape alien and then, stole and then, the talent. <laughs> yes. exactly, exactly. Yeah. So like, and Steve Kerr said like, man, he, he came into camp uh, that year and he just was in, you know, the most incredible yeah. shape. Um, so, so, at the end of the film, when you know Michael Jordan returns to basketball, and you have the entire I believe um, I can die. yeah, you have the Chicago Bulls stadium and with people with the signs "Welcome back, Michael." So that was actually real, filmed from the first game oh. that Michael Jordan went back, and then they managed to put that That's into the amazing. film. Uh, by the way, David, I like that when you brought up your shoe, it said forty-five on it, um, which is my it favorite trivia that I knew from a kid somehow. Uh, I th- as a kid, sorry, and someone. Must have mentioned it to me. So obviously everyone knows uh, Michael Jordan is synonymous with the number 23. Everybody through... knows that. Every <laughs> single person knows that deep in their bones. This is definitely and not the first time anyone's hearing that piece of trivia. Continue. Do you not know Michael Jordan is synonymous I with I know who he is. Huge. I know he makes uh, shoes. No, I, I don't think he, he makes, makes shoes, shoes, right? He doesn't make them, right, David? Someone tell uh, me. He doesn't make them. He's just... No, no. Yeah, at his, at his Listen, house. <laughs> I had a very strange childhood, and I wasn't that into basketball. My parents went into yeah. it. I don't know. So I'm learning a lot. Please continue. So, so yeah, so throughout the movie, uh, he wears the number 45 when he's playing baseball, and he wears the number 45 when he gets to uh, start playing basketball. And when he first came back with the Chicago Bulls, he actually wore 45 for a few months before he switched back to 23. And the reason is uh, he originally always wore 23 because it is half of 45 which is what his older brother larry wore and he always said i will be half the man my brother is because he loved okay. his brother and his brother first, larry jordan was firstly, one of the half of 45 is 22 and a half 22 and a half i know he rounded up it's fine <laughs> okay. you can't have 22 and a half on a jersey can't have half no. numbers and yeah. if anybody um, could it would be michael and if anybody ever wants to look up, like Larry Jordan is incredible. Uh, he was a um, one of the best like high school basketball players. Uh, he was pretty much like Jordan in terms of his like athleticism, his skills. The only problem was he was tiny. He was like a foot shorter than Michael. He was like five foot six, five foot seven, but was but like dunking. There's, a short, there's okay. a short guy in the movie, and they steal his powers. There yeah. is Muggsy, Muggsy Bugs. Bugs. Muggsy Bugs. And that's a person's yeah. name. That's not a Looney Tune. No. <laughs> No, that's an uh, actual NBA basketball player. Yeah, uh, he's kind of yeah. he he was yeah. I believe the shortest NBA uh, the shortest player to ever make it to the NBA it was Maxi Bugs and and I think the reason they had him was because obviously they had uh, one of the monsters was Sean Bradley who was one of the tallest players to ever mm-hmm. uh, play in the NBA. Ever, yeah. Uh, he wasn't a good player. And, um, he wasn't. No, I. <laughs> no, okay, so this, this was is known. This was known. This was known. I'll, I'll let David oh, get into this more. It's facts. But they. Yeah. It, it was weird because at the time, the five players they picked, it was three great players. Two of them were all-time greats, and 
all stars Patrick Ewing, yeah. Kevin Johnson, uh, uh, and Charles Barkley. And then we have like we have three of the most popular non Michael Jordan basketball players. And then let's get a very tall guy and a very short guy for the poster, yeah. right? They yeah. probably didn't have to pay him no, as much no. either, though. Like, yeah, Larry Larry Johnson had uh, he had a great yep. run. Uh, he had that Grandma Ma campaign yep. where he dressed up like a grandma and he was dunking on people in commercials. That was hilarious. Charles um, Barkley is yeah, obviously then, Charles. Yeah. Charles, yeah, he's so funny in this too. Yeah. Um, Charles has Although always been I, hilarious, and he's always been as I've never as found as out why. Uh, but except for the final uh, scene where they're playing the uh, get the ba- their powers back, and the scene um, in the uh, with the fortune teller, Charles Barkley is always in a separate scene from the other four players. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if he busy. was. Uh, he, he's probably he could have been busy. Yeah, doing something else. Yeah. or he's like sometimes, never know. Sometimes it's a scheduling thing when you're making a movie, yeah. and it's just yeah. like we'll cheat it, we'll cut it together, it'll be fine. Yeah, he couldn't be. Or maybe he was like, "I uh, won't." You know, same yeah. location, or it might have been. It might have been too many people, like because they're showing them in the hallway, like rolling down, yes. uh, where they're all getting checked out. That might having five big NBA dudes in wheelchairs getting checked out might have been too when much. The three of them get their heads hit on the little pillar thing. That makes me laugh every time. I don't know why. It's a yeah. Home Alone type <laughs> laugh. It's like, Haha, tall guy hit his yeah. head. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good physical comedy. No, I mean. I don't need to know who they are. I get the gist. Like the yes. famous basketballers. I, I, I will say um, for sports history, and this is a part that didn't age well in terms of how basketballs evolved, but uh, the Monstars is not how you would build a team. That's that's like two centers, a power forward. Like nobody knows how to shoot. They're all just dunking. I'm like, that's not like modern NBA is all about shooting. And that's not how you'd, I think like regular NBA teams now would beat the Monstars. It's just like not enough spacing True. on the floor. Now, yeah, now, yeah. Well, what if, how how is that team doing? In oh, the nineties the are crushing it. <laughs> They're gonna because right because you can you can bully yeah. people back in the nineties. So that that squad would have been they would have been decent. I mean, they're also monsters. So like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, they're also like a <laughs> hundred feet tall. You know, they're they're up against so Tweety Bird, that. which I never understood because yeah. I'm like, this is clearly also one of the other players is trying to eat Tweety Bird. So that's not good yes. for like team dynamics. Sylvester's got issues. Yeah. He's got some demons he's trying to work out. Yeah, okay. he's got a lot going on. So, so what you're telling me is MJ was like the most famous basketball player of all time. He, yes. Yeah, I mean, internationally, <laughs> like think about it, like uh, gold medals in the Olympics. Like MJ is just I'm, that dude. I just think the timing for MJ when um, games on TV weren't – you couldn't just go watch every mm-hmm. NBA game, Paris, like you can now, right? It was – the game comes on, like you wait for the Bulls to come on. You know, the Chicago has their own like uh, like song as they're running into the gym and you hear it on TV and it's just like get to see Michael Jordan play on TV. You couldn't you couldn't watch him every mm. night like you can with Le- like with LeBron, with Giannis, Steph Curry. Right. You can't watch all every game of their season. So I just think like you hear about him he's mythical, and every night right? he's doing, so, he's yeah. doing exactly. He's doing something great. And the way he played the tenacity he had, like he's probably the, as far as being a competitor, um, Oh, he's a crazy person. I don't think no, there's yeah, anybody yeah. really, yeah, there's nobody like him. Like he would just, t- he'd be like, all right, I'm going to take this personal. I'm going to have a chip on my shoulder every game. He would look to find something against whoever he was playing just to like, it yeah, gave him more drive. Right? Think about it. He's shooting from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., and he's playing three hours every night after. 
at the age 32 yeah. trying to get back in there, there's like there's a great clip from the documentary um the last dance that came out last year about his competitiveness and my favorite clip he's just standing with the security guard and he looks at the security guards like hey let's play coins it's like what's that it's like we'll flick a coin and see who can get it closer to the wall i'll bet you 20 bucks and the security guard wins, and he does, like, Michael Jordan's shrug pose, and Michael Jordan gets so mad. <laughs> like, the guy leaves, and he's like, let's do it again, double or nothing. It's like, you, you're just flipping a coin against a wall. <laughs> but he was yeah. real, really mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that drove him to be who he was and put a stamp on, on basketball Like in the opening the scene when he's like, just won't go to bed, and his dad's like, son, what are you doing? He wanted to be the best. I was like, his dad sleeps in that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I started watching. I started watching basketball at uh, like ninety three. I was like five years old. I'm pretty sure I knew that Jordan was incredible before I even understood basketball. Sorry, one more thing because this was a well known Jordan fact. The whole thing about his that he wore, he needed his college shorts. Uh, like that was a real thing. Like throughout his NBA yep. career. He wore his college shorts under his actual shorts. That's cute. As a superstition. I know it's yeah. cute, but I was like, have you ever tried wearing two pairs of shorts? It suddenly gets it's really hot. It's a lot of hot. material. It's yeah. a lot of material. It's like, uh, yeah. there's a lot more sweating going on. But he needed to win. Yeah. Maybe that kept it. He might be onto something. Maybe that kept his hips yeah, warm. It's true. It's true. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to talking about. The portrayal of women in Space Jam. Uh, mm. I'm a woman, and there's yeah. three of us. And I, percentage-wise, there are much more people on this podcast that are women than there were in the film. Because in the movie, <laughs> there was uh, Michael Jordan's wife, right? Uh, mm-hmm. His housekeeper. Great baseball coach. His yeah. housekeeper. And then there was Lola Bunny. And Lola yeah. Bunny is really the only character that has any lines. And... I'm just getting. Uh, there's a bunch of girls playing, a bunch of women playing there's, basketball. They have a couple the, lines the, when she blocks Charles Barkley. What are their character names, David? There's the old grandma. Uh, girl no, one, two, see, and three. No, we're talking about characters with names. There's one person really. It's Lola Bunny that has any Wait, kind of significant. Hold on, is Tweety male or female? I've no. I always thought Tweety. Now that's Bird a great a question. But I, I, I have no idea. Thought it was a guy. <laughs> Maybe it's non-binary. She, they. Yes, true, true. Um, but no, Lola Bunny is like the main female character in this. Everyone else is a male. And would you guys say that she's quite sexualized? Oh, extremely. Ex- to, to the point yeah. where I'm pretty sure like uh, an eight-year-old me had a crush on Lola Bunny and I didn't know why. And I was like, you know what? And I, growing up, I'm like, that makes sense. That totally so makes shorty sense. Shorts. Shorty shorts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just was reading a bunch of stuff about it and like just you know she's she's all over bugs um i guess this was the introduction of bugs bunny's girlfriend lola bunny um she's always like don't call me doll but then she like sashays away in a really sexy way like it's very me watching it as an adult i didn't notice it as a kid but i'm definitely like oh wow they really made her like the sexy one the sexy bunny was she all over bugs was bugs all yeah Uh, i think bugs was all over her because she came in and she was like let's hoop and she was the best tune yes, player. I like that. That she wasn't. She wasn't like a. Da- I mean, I know. I know they what, sexualized what, like, her, but they didn't. Do, do you disagree? They didn't damsel no, I mean, I don't know her, enough about know? basketball, so I see. Yes, I believe you. Yeah, she's the only one that really had any yeah. skill uh, as a tune. 
Yeah, because everyone else is like getting eaten or blown up or, you know. Yeah, I mean, they kind of. Things. She, she, yeah, they did sexualize her, but they also made it so that, like, gave her a lot of power and independence, you know? Yeah. I'm going to disagree. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think it was pretty, pretty, like, not a great depiction of women. It definitely wouldn't pass the Bechdel test, which we talk about. Like, there were no other women for her to have a conversation with about anything. But you're right. They did make her a good basketball player. Um, oh, there was the granny on the subs bench. Yes. She was also yes. there. But she oh, well, also, also the uh, slammed into the ground. Uh, and not the in a women... fun way. Also, the women who kick uh, Charles Barkley's ass in the basketball court—it's like, oh, get away, you wanna be? I was like, the I love little that, kids. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, but again, it's like, what are their names? They were, I'm just—you can't—you can't deny. Like everyone else in this movie is a man. Yes, but the women were always portrayed as very good at basketball. <laughs> I think that's important. <laughs> well, and uh, MJ's wife was the baseball coach for their yes. kids. Yes, she had yeah. a good five minutes in the film. Uh, okay, so but to to your point though. So where would you where would you like to see more for this movie specifically? Well, I'll be curious. I will be curious to see the how Space Jam Two handles it. But I think that you know, like Space Jam Two has cut out Pepe Le Pew. I read um, because he's like sexual assaulty. Uh, but I would just I would just like <laughs> I would is that just because he's French? <laughs> no, I think he's like forcing himself on people, and they're like, no, we're not doing that in twenty twenty one. No, I, I mean, I would love to see more female characters with names and, like, with stories and with, you know, not just being sort of, like, a supporting character. I think, you know, there's room for that in Space Jam 2, so I'll be interested to see that. But I think a WNBA player might be in it, Great. Too. Oh, that's awesome. So I did want to say about the film that at least in Toon World, you can be a woman and play in the NBA because in real life, <laughs> you can't. And the WNBA players are not paid anywhere near like the NBA no, players. No, sorry to go back to basketball facts. It's no, actually, it, it's it's actually a problem that um, so in Russia they love women's basketball, mm. and a lot of the best female players now don't even play in the WNBA. They play in the Russian leagues because you get paid way more than in the NBA, which is kind of sad if you think about it. Yeah, it's like we, well, I we think, miss- and I think the NBA. Funds a lot of the WNBA yeah. too. Yes, right? yes. So I think, but that's as a business, right? So is, are they getting the same? I would be curious to say, are they getting the same share of the business? Like NBA players, collective bargaining, they get like 50% of everything. Is that the same for women? Because I know like in women's soccer, women's soccer, USA teams, I would watch them over men's oh, USA yeah, soccer sure. any day of the week. Uh they're a lot more fun to watch. I think they're more talented as far as who they're playing. But they don't, lose they don't as get much. paid. Exactly. They're they're a legit team. They're exciting to watch. Yeah. They win. Um, in the WNBA, I don't know if so that that's an issue in soccer, right? Because yeah. the men make more, even though the women are bringing in a ton of money. Yeah, it's so it's, it's like but that kind of across the board with women's sports. Like a lot of professional yeah. women athletes have to have day jobs and the men don't. Like but that's, that's what I'm that's what I'm getting at. So are they making 50% of what the WNBA brings in and that's why they don't make that much money because it's not that great of a business yet? Or is it like women's soccer where they are making a lot of money and they're just not getting their cut? 
I have no idea. I'd have to. Unfortunately, <laughs> well, that's I think I, I just talk because I don't know, know that much about, about the WNBA. Yeah, exactly. I do know about female yeah. sports. I know about women's soccer. The USA team kicks ass. Do you know about <laughs> netball? Netball? Like handball? See, nope. Garen, they Netball. don't know what it is in America. <laughs> I, you know what? It is incredible. It's, it always happens because, um, you know, obviously in my uh, day job, I have a lot of friends who play netball. And they're mostly Australian and British. And anytime an American, even a Canadian, there's like netball. No, what Canadians netball? kind of, well, no, I guess not as much. But yeah. Sometimes. Any, any like under the crown country, like a Commonwealth. Yeah. yeah it's it, it's basically, so, bas- it's basically basketball without dribbling. Okay, wait, can you like take like a couple steps and that's it? No, you gotta, uh, you gotta. You can only take like one or two steps. Is that where whole... uh, some pl- people can go to the front court yeah. and some yes. stay in the back yes. court? So, okay. so it's basically imagine basketball, but you're only cutting. But it's, so it's huge. Like all the, like, it's, well, it's huge. It's, it's huge. big in Australia and the UK. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And all the places that the UK owns, including uh, ex Hong Kong. So. I'm gonna make. David watch a game. I feel like I could get him really into it. It's a pretty fun game to watch. Actually, I'll watch, pref- I'll watch any competitive anything. I'll throw quarters. Yeah, David will start uh, cheering. Gets close, <laughs> right? So I, I don't care. Yeah, I'll, I'm down for Love sports. Just sports and competition just in general. Professional yeah. netball is great because of how fast it is. It just moves very quickly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a stereotypically great. female sport, which is also one of the reasons I brought it up. Yes. Because like... You know, uh, we used to play like co-ed in high school, but it wasn't. Uh, yeah, no, no. I'm just saying, Paris, you see the difference, like just the WNBA. No, thing. the if, business if they, side if they of are it. getting. Yeah, if they are getting 50 percent of the business like NBA players are. Uh, like but I'm going to go deeper and say, like, yeah. that's a core sexual disparity issue, because, you know, like you said, like the female soccer team of America is kicking ass, but like there are some people who are like, I don't, you know, like they just, nobody thinks of female sports in the same way. Not saying you do, but like, I think, no, I think they're very, I think they're very popular. The women's U S soccer. No, for sure. That's why, that's why they bring in so much money. But do you think like, if I said, Hey, let's watch a basketball game. Would your mind immediately assume it was men? Yes. Yes. (laughs) It's, and if it was if it was soccer, I would think women's so- U.S. soccer. Okay, you would. I think like I think it's yeah. just like an issue that female athletes are coming up against is like, yeah, the men's sport. They need more exposure. They need more right? exposure. They need people and the to NBA care about is it helping more. Them. Yeah, and the NBA is helping out a lot with that. But uh, um, I just want to after this, I want to just go and see how their collective bargaining agreement. What the re- revenue share is. Yeah, if they're making the same like the guys are then, you know, that's, that's, that's a good thing. And then also like women's soccer should also get paid like guys or more because they're making more. Right. Yeah. Well, moving right along because we are getting long in the tooth in this episode, David slash Garen, do you think there were elements of racism in this film? I, well, I, mean, I can't slavery. speak to a lot of, they talk about slavery a <laughs> that's lot. That's what I was going to bring slavery up. A lot. I was going to bring that up. I don't think racism, no, but, but right, you, the, the main the star is a, a black know, man, gorgeous, yeah. bald, bald yes. black man. I don't know Best if I care for bald people. ever to people. play is bald. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's just put that so out So aerodynamic. But, but then think about it. MJ's fighting to stop his, you know, these tunes uh, to be enslaved. So that's, that's, I'm, I'm yeah. with that. It, it's then weird he almost, because there's a he, point oh, where. Yeah, go ahead, Garen. Sorry. Oh no! There's a point where Bugs like looks at him. It's like, oh, they're gonna make us slaves. And Jordan reacts like he clearly didn't read the script and <laughs> didn't know <laughs> that this line was gonna be about slaves. Yeah. 
slavery. To be fair, the director was probably just like, okay, now look surprised, you know, because there's green people all around him. No, I mean, I think it's, yeah. The so the evil guy comes down, played by Danny DeVito, great voice, and he's like, that's that's the guy I want, and then he's like at the drop of a hat it's just like listen if we lose you can get me like there's no like it kind of comes out of nowhere i thought in the movie <laughs> he's kind he of, was totally fine with right. like yeah, i'll be a slave he's yeah. like yeah okay because I'll, I'll do it but what did he what was his reasoning he was trying to protect the tunes no no he wasn't no no he offered himself if if they give their skills back oh, right. to the NBA uh, players. Yes. So he he's going to save his, his other NBA players. Yeah. yeah. So not only is he keeping slaves or uh, tunes out of enslavement, but he's also getting his his guys back their talent, so he can go fuck them up on his return. Right. In the, in the <laughs> NBA. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Th- I did think that was like it was a bit of a quick transition. They probably were like, oh, this movie's getting along. Let's just cut out a few lines. Yeah. It did, actually, yeah. we'll talk about it, but there was an alternate ending. Oh, interesting. Ooh. Well, no, I mean, there isn't, I don't think there is a ton of racism in this. Like, you know, David and I always talk about diversity in films and this film clearly has a lot of diversity because a lot of professional athletes are black. I also like, I, I, I didn't realize until this latest rewatch, I was like, this is clearly a mass audience movie. And even things like the soundtrack was like all black artists. I was like, ah, I didn't think about that until like I rewatched the movie. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Cause I don't think that happened. Went for platinum. Yeah, soundtrack. I, I don't think that happened for a lot of uh, other movies at the time. No. Yeah, I, I didn't even think about that either. That's, yeah. that's what uh, what stats do you have, David? You have some stats All about right, this so film. Gary, I don't know if, if you saw any of this when you're looking at it, but I found this hilarious article um, that what is this? Um, people from Harvard, the college Harvard College Sports analysis collective (laughs) the students the students ran down like the stats and stuff like that so (laughs) for the tunes um let's see here michael jordan went 22 for 22 from the field nice he didn't miss a single shot nope didn't miss a shot had two turnovers 44 points and 24 were by dunks michael jordan and stan were the only two people in that game to score without a dunk so mj had like a jumper and then uh stan once he gets smushed, the ball bounces. Oh, the ball bounces in. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bugs went five for five. Nobody on the tunes missed a shot, <laughs> right? So they, but they were thirty-nine of thirty-nine from the field, uh, <laughs> total. Um, they had fifteen turnovers. They had seventy-eight points, and fifty-six points were by dunks. Monstars, they were the only team to miss a shot. They went thirty-four for thirty-five, and all their point, or sorry, thirty-seven points were by dunks. Um, Actually, all their points were by dunks. I apologize. 77 points were all dunks. Um, the only one to miss was Bupkiss, and that was uh, Ewing's character. He's the only one that missed the shot. I know the Muggsy Bogues and Sean Bradley, they didn't score at all. Sean it was only Bradley the three All-Stars score. that score. Yeah, and it's it's hilarious because uh, what is what they say? Yeah, uh, Blanco, the Sean Bradley monster, failed to register a single stat throughout the course of the game, <laughs> even in a world where Elmer Fudd had a 40-inch vertical, Bradley's talent can't muster even a shot attempt. And they, they said, this is the most realistic aspect of this movie. <laughs> the, but, but by the way, there's, um, there's, there's one stat that's been bothering me um, since like 
when I first rewatched this movie in college. So obviously the game ends with uh, the classic Jordan. It's like, oh, we're in Toon World. And he stretches his arm out and he dunks from half court. The dunk from half court only counted for two points, not three points. That's and it valid. should count as a three-pointer. Uh, plus yeah. he got fouled, so he should have got shot the free throw too. That should have been a four-point <laughs> dunk. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely should have gotten, gotten points for that. Did you see too um, when Stan got smushed, the score was 77 to 67, right? Yeah. And then along comes Bill Murray, the sub, and they were only down by one. And nothing, <laughs> yes. no, there's no, there's no gameplay in between that. Yeah. So <laughs> Stan gets smushed, they're down 10, all of a sudden Bill Murray shows up and they're down one. And yeah, they got a point for him coming to the Toontown, just by yeah, but showing then up. Still, only it's only nine points. They they got, you know. What what you're saying is we need the Snyder cut of Space Jam, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> the four hour full game. Maybe experience. they'll address it in Space Jam too. Maybe they'll make a joke about it. They'll yeah. be like, hey. Knowing how competitive LeBron is, based on those stats you brought up, do you think LeBron's like to the directors? I need to score forty six points. I need yeah, to score two more points than Jordan. <laughs> And I need to hit a couple threes to show yeah. the range. Maybe that little step, that little side step he's got. But I, I just thought it was hilarious that the, this article broke this down because um, it was like a 66 to 18 lead going into the half. And then the Tunes went on a 48 to two run in the second half to win the game. So, and like you said, not a lot of defense. Um, and they're the what was that marvin the martian exhibited little control over the proceedings whistling no personal father follows on each either team it's unclear whether his extraterrestrial origins biased him in favor of the alien oh. visitors looking <laughs> looking the other way as tuned players were flattened stomped and dismembered. but the non-calls appeared to even out in the end yeah i mean didn't <laughs> what's that what's that uh, rooster's name they like burnt him to a crisp that's not cool yeah. uh that is one of my favorite sight gags when yeah. they go on the bench and everyone's injured, and uh, the rooster he's just like a, a he's just like a, a, a baked chicken, yeah. <laughs> crispy chicken. Well, that all made complete sense to me. Everything you said, just I fully know what you're talking about. I just like a lot of the random cameos, like the the couple sitting at the Knicks game um, when Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing get their powers taken. I'm like, I recognize that lady from somewhere. And I was like, "Oh, she's she's the she's the wife, and everybody loves Raymond." Oh, and there are a lot of like oh, that's small, right. yeah, yeah. There are a lot of small cameos like that. Um, when she's like, "This guy is my... doing something weird beside me." <laughs> yes, yeah, like you couldn't have gotten better <laughs> tickets. Um, and, and the one thing I wanted to add, uh, just based on the merch we were talking about, because I remember this was popular, where they were selling these like I don't know if it was around Easter time, but they were just selling these giant Michael Jordan head chocolate busts. Like one of those, like, it's like his head and then you crack it open and there's more chocolate inside. Uh Um, And that was one of the most popular uh, pieces of merch that they had throughout the film. And uh, I think I remembered, I I, I definitely didn't have one as a kid, but I definitely remember seeing it in some like weird candy store. I'm like, that's a Michael Jordan head. That's kind of (laughs) weird. Like, I need that. I need to eat him. Consume his power. Well, I have a piece, I have a piece of trivia about Space Jam. Did you guys know that on Rotten Tomatoes, Space Jam has a 43%? And Airbud has a forty-five percent. So no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's more believable that a golden retriever would go play some basketball than a bunch of cartoon aliens. Sorry. Oh my god. They really hated that dog, by the way. I don't know why that dog it seemed like nobody yeah, those, in the family liked that dog. I, those kids were like, 
Get away from him, Charles. I'm like, you fucking kidding me? That dog is protecting your family against intruders. Yeah. They broke into your house. He's doing what he's yeah, supposed he's to be doing. Yeah, he's getting the cartoons that are at... coming to steal your dad's shorts. Yeah. yeah, no. Don't yell at that dog for that. He's he's doing what he's supposed to do. They they were not good kids. They yeah. kept secrets from their mom, <laughs> which you just don't do. She's like, what? I'm like, that's yeah. not healthy. And, that's not healthy. And nobody, nobody was looking for Mike. <laughs> really. No, no. He was gone for a while. They're like... This is what minor league baseball was like. He just disappeared for a while. That reminds me, Garrett, about the baseball. So the alternate ending, right? I read that it was kind of like, what's that? Uh, I forget what that movie is. But he was supposed to come back to his game. And do you remember his son as they're watching like film or him on the news on SportsCenter? And he's like, Dad, if you widen your stance a little bit, you might be better at bat. So he was going to come back to his game and he was going to go up to bat and he was going to look at his son, widen his stance a little bit. And then he was going to hit a home run and they were going to kind of do like, I forget what movie it is. It's a baseball movie. Um, and they take like, it hits the lights and it shatters and he runs around the bases. So like someone's going to really make fun of me for not knowing that the title of it, but <laughs> they were going to kind of do the same effect. He was going to hit a home run and everybody was going to have like a camera flash and he was going to run around probably with another R. Kelly song. So I believe four, I can run. Exactly. Would have had it four times in there. <laughs> and they, he wanted that in that. And then he was going to give the powers back to the NBA players, but it kind of just goes to his game. And then they just cut forward to Listen, him. If a five-year-old can give you great baseball tips or however old that kid was like, yeah. Maybe you should just not be playing professional baseball. I don't know. <laughs> that's, why, that's why I went back. <laughs> well, it's that time of the episode where we pick someone from the cast or crew to shout out. Garen, you are our guest, and sometimes we step on each other with these, so we're going to let you go first. So who you got? Uh, originally, I was going to do the soundtrack, except for the R. Kelly mm-hmm. thing. So uh, I got to shout out Wayne Knight. Like, you were... I don't think people realize... Somehow, Wayne Knight was such a big part of the 90s like you know space jam jurassic park so but also like the the two biggest the two biggest comedies in the 90s were seinfeld and third rock from the sun and he's the only guy in both mm-hmm. uh and he was like doing a lot of voices in hercules he was I, I think doing all that removed the fact that he was just the guy in basic instinct uh staring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like uh. <laughs> so uh no i gotta and i i think him he, he put a lot of like work into the movie there was like whenever michael jordan was completely underacting you had wayne knight completely overacting totally. to make up for it so yeah. uh, uh shout out to wayne knight we see you shout and we appreciate you definitely we see you and we appreciate you David. paris you want to do your thing i i went first okay last i'll time. do it well yeah. i was gonna ca- uh shout out kath suchi sushi she played Lola Bunny's voice. The, in my opinion, the only woman. I know we had a little debate about like the women on the court. <laughs> she was the only woman with like a massive role in this. She's an amazing voice actor. She also did Zootopia. She did The Santa Claus 2. And she's in the new Rugrats movie, which is coming out and is in pre-production. So I'm very excited. I'm a fan. Kath, we see you and we appreciate you. See you and we appreciate you. Who you got, you. David? So I'm going with uh, Allison Abate. Uh, I believe that's how it's pronounced. She's an animation producer on this nice. film. Yeah, and she's also she's producer, actor, writer, and looks like she's done a ton of stuff, like the Iron Giant, um, which is fantastic. Mr. Iron Fox, Giant is in the second Corpse one. Bride. They show it in the trailer. 
I'm pretty sure. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, uh, Corpse Bride. So uh, she's got a ton on her. She EP'd the new Tom and Jerry. Mm. And oh, shit. She EP'd uh, the new Space Jam. So there you go. Hey. So yeah, she's, she's doing her thing and looking forward to see um, her new work on Space Jam, A New Legacy. In theaters, insert date here. July. <laughs> <laughs> Guys. Uh, before we do our Do We Think It Age Like Milk, Garen, where can people find you that listen to the podcast? How can they hear your jokes and your comedy and your stalking? Uh, I am on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything at I am Garen. Um, and also uh, I run comedy.hk, which is the collective of just you know all the comics in Hong Kong, just like promoting every show. Um, if there is anyone listening from Hong Kong, uh, there's the I run a monthly game show called Hong Kong as Fuck, which is probably the most popular <laughs> thing we've been doing right nice. now. Um, so yeah, yeah, thank you for letting me get out my my. No, socials. we hope to get more Hong yeah. Kong followers. You know, we want to go global. I mean, Hong Kong's my hometown. I still consider it my hometown. So. I miss it every day. I can't wait to get back there. And hopefully we can have you come in for another episode in person when we're all back together. Yeah. When you're- and you got, you got to let us know, too, when you uh, come back stateside. If you're in for California, sure, we sure. can get get some. We got a big group friend that are all uh, comedy fans. We like to think we're funny. Yeah. And yes, we're all comedy fans. <laughs> we'll come, so we'll, 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 come, we'll get a big, come hoot big and group holla. to come clap. Yeah. Or clap, whatever you prefer. Sorry, in silence. Yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I forgot. Chinese way. Great, great joke. Great joke. Excellent joke. Snaps for him. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I'm smiling and I'm laughing on the inside. Garen, do you think that this movie yes. aged like milk? Did it go bad over time? What do you think? I think it actually got better because, like, when you're watching, when you're ignoring it as a kid's movie, there were just, like, a lot of small jokes we talked to like the golf scene earlier um even like a small thing of uh uh danny devito when bill murray arrives he looks at the camera is like whoa i didn't know dan Aykroyd was in this picture it's like ah just like small jokes like that um (laughs) i think they actually age better uh obviously the one thing that aged way worse was uh all the art (laughs) in the movie (laughs) like that part i'm just like really really bothers me (laughs) every time every time so yeah, I think it I aged like a like a decent uh, supermarket wine. Ooh, supermarket like wine that. milk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We haven't yeah. had that before. David, what do you think? <laughs> That's a good way to phrase it. Um, I I don't think this movie aged. Um, I definitely, Paris, to your point, that did stick out to me when Lola first gets on screen. It's like, why does she have to toot it and boot it like that? You know, she, they, she was, <laughs> I'm just here to hoop as she flicks her ears yeah, seductively she was, over her she shoulders. She was definitely over-sexualized just for no reason. No, I, don't I think, think the crop top any... just didn't fit her for no reason. Everyone well, else had proper clothes, but she... Yeah, it just doesn't make... And it doesn't do anything for the, for, for this this movie, which is yes. like Gary was talking about. It's like, this is a big market movie to trying to touch everybody. Like you're just doing it just to do it. It didn't have any, Scott, any goal. Scott or... read something that they took away Lola Bunny's boobs in the new one. Okay. So we'll see. That's my partner. He was telling me that yeah. he read something and he was like, oh. I was like, yeah, I mean, she's a, she's a rabbit. I mean, what if, what if she's, you know, I, I don't want to tell a woman how to, <laughs> how to dress though. I'm or not, put away her bobos. If she wants to hoop with those the, things out. I'm not talking about rabbit yeah. bobos. I'm saying 
you know, she just doesn't have them in they, the second she's movie. She's not over-sexualized right. in the second movie. I get you. Yeah. But I, no, I didn't. I actually just realized uh, when you mentioned, uh, so Zendaya is the voice of the new Lola. There Bunny. we go. There okay, there it is. There it is. Yeah. But I think there, I want to look too, I think there's a WNBA player uh, that's in it as well. Yes. So, yes. yeah, I, I think hopefully they, they do this movie justice in the, in the, in the next one. But I, I don't think this age, MJ is the man. Um <sighs> And it's just, just watching this, I was just getting hype. And I was like, man, I miss hooping. Um, so, and I got a ton of, ton of Jay sitting back here. He's the, he's the goat. So yeah, I don't think this age, but there's, there's a couple things that are like, yeah, you, you didn't really need it. So yeah. picked a few little, a couple little, little chunks floating around. Yeah. That's what I, I mean, that's what I was going to say. I feel like it's got some chunks of aged milk in here. Like the, fact that there's like really no women in it quite a few mentions of slavery like i can guarantee there will not be any yeah. of that in the 2021 <laughs> i don't even need to see the movie i already know they're not going to be like you know just casually throwing it around so yeah i'm gonna sit can i can i ask yeah, one go, thing please uh, ask so, seven things so for the did it age no i i noticed like all the cartoon violence and i couldn't tell if like does the cartoon violence age, or do I miss cartoon violence? Oh, like you don't get cartoon question. violence like that do anymore. Do you? Do you miss cartoon violence? I I kind of when it's like, when it's done extremely funny and it's done in a way that like this is clearly not. Trying yeah, this to isn't tell telling you to strap violent, or yourself to a rocket and shoot yourself into it. Yeah, it's like. Every time you, someone runs through a tunnel and then you run into it, oh, it's a painting. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, that's always well, like physical yeah. comedy. But there's one, almost. there's one, yeah, I mean, there's like the chicken that gets burnt to a crisp. Like, that's kind of fucked up. And then there's like another part. You mentioned it, David, like someone gets dismembered. I can't remember which character it is, but someone gets blown up and all their limbs kind of like splatter onto the, <laughs> onto the court. Like, yeah. that wouldn't maybe fly in 2021. But they're always okay. Yeah. I just think yeah. kids are soft these days. Um, so, <laughs> so you hear maybe, that, kids? I've said this. You hear that kids? I've said this. I've said this before. Um, so maybe I think they're smarter, but they're they're a little softer. Um, but yeah, maybe you know, let's let's hopefully this kicks it back up for Looney Tunes a little bit, and kids can go back and appreciate. I'm a fan. I'm a fan that. of the slapstick comedy for sure, but I do think um, you know, like in the Looney Tunes days and like stuff that we grew up with, there was a lot of like guns being shot around and that was like, ha 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 ha. And like now, yeah, I don't think that we would have that. Yeah. You don't, you don't really need to, to promote gun violence. Yeah. Like the, like the, who's, anymore. Who's the cowboy with the orange or with the uh, Yosemite Sam. Yeah. Yosemite Sam. Yeah. And I was thinking, I was like, why didn't he just, just light those aliens up first thing? <laughs> you know and then yeah. he he pulled he he drew first and then he let the other alien pull his his gun out and there i mean there's a lesson in that kids you know shoot yeah. first <laughs> <laughs> if you're a cartoon if you're a cartoon yeah, i was gonna say like I do not promote maybe maybe i'm gonna cut that part i don't know david's like you know what let's walk that back uh but no so i do think I mean, I don't want to be that girl that's always like, no, this one age like milk. But I really do think there were parts of this where I was like, eee. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean I didn't love it. And honestly, I hadn't seen this movie in, I was trying to do the math. Like, I don't think I've seen this movie since I was 10. So it's been a hot second. And I loved it when I was a kid. Like, I remember watching it a ton when it came out. Um, but I don't think I've seen it in like 20 years. So... So you think it aged? I think it did age. I think I think it's got age spots. I don't know if I'm like 100% mm. it's off. Like, did it age like milk fully? 
but I don't think it's a milk wine from the supermarket like Gara does. No. So, so you, you you won't you won't drink it, but you'd still I mean, cook it's, with it. Well, there. Know? See, like, that's a. I'll put I'll put it in mashed that's potatoes. That's a great analogy because I probably would, and those mashed potatoes would be fucking delicious. And then for two hours later, I'd be like, "Am I about to shit myself?" You know, like I'd be worried. <laughs> but yes, you're probably right. They'd be probably so good in mashed potatoes. But yeah, I listen. I love the nostalgia of this movie. I talked about it at the beginning. I, I don't know a lot about basketball, but um, MJ is, you know, great in this. And I remember even as a kid being so in love with Charles Barkley. Like, he's just so funny. Uh, like, he's... Yeah. Character, for sure. Yeah. And also even, yeah. like, the short guy was so cute at the end, but... Um, Muggsy Bugs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, they were just... They were all great. And then it, it was part of our childhood. So, yeah. I enjoyed rewatching it. But, yes, I think it was a little off. But, having said that, everybody follow Garen. Find him. Thanks. Support him and his comedy in Asia. And, you know, let's get him over to the U.S. so he can start doing some shows over here. But, David, you yes. should check your fridge. And make sure that milk isn't spoiled. Because gross milk is gross. That's our show. <laughs> show is. Thanks for coming on the show, Garen. Pleasure to have thank you. Thank you, Garen. Well, thank um, you, keep guys. Keep liking and subscribing, and we'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.